Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the Gospel of Luke. Today we're in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 21. And uh, Pastor Chris, if you'd read that for us, that'd be wonderful. Yep. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she should be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used to, in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it, per, uh, it permeated every part of the dough. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, so um, once again, we see Jesus in confrontation with people, with uh, religious leaders on the Sabbath. Uh, we've talked a little bit before about this, this idea that there was kind of a, a culture war going on where... Um, the Pharisees and others were trying to keep the influences of Greek and Roman culture out of their country. And there's some uh, good and understandable reasons why they might be engaged in that. But it also was causing division and conflict and, and harm uh, to people as well. And, and during culture wars, you end up emphasizing very minor points because those end up becoming like the boundary markers of, of who's in and who's out, who's with you, who's against you, who's an enemy and, and who's a friend. And uh, for them, during that time, the, the three boundary markers that really took precedence were uh, circumcision, kosher eating laws or dietary laws, and, and Sabbath keeping. Now, everyone would recognize those weren't the most important parts of God's instructions, but those became the focus of everyone's attention because those were the boundaries that let you know who people were and whose side they were on. And, and Jesus ends up breaking here and elsewhere, ends up breaking their Sabbath rules. Now, according to, to Jesus, he's not breaking the Sabbath, right? He's doing what's allowed on the Sabbath. It's just their interpretation and their additional rules. And this is often what happens when you have kind of these culture wars. You end up having all these extra rules about what's right and what's wrong. And he makes it clear that he's not violating God's rules. In fact, their rules are actually logically inconsistent. We've talked about kind of the heavy and light. He, Jesus uses that here. It's like, okay, here's the light example. It's allowable under your rules to release your ox, to untie your ox or your donkey 
on the Sabbath. That doesn't count as work. So isn't it also then, you know, here's the heavy example, isn't it then even more justified to untie or loosen or, or free a woman who has been in bondage to Satan for all these years? Well, of course, based on this principle of mercy, just like in mercy, you're going to lead your donkey to water. You're not going to let it just, you know, uh, dehydrate or starve while it's there. But instead, just in the same way with this woman, with this dear daughter of Abraham, how much more if you love your donkey, how much more should you love this woman and want to see her freed from, from bondage? Um, but they, they can't see straight because they are, they're locked into this culture war and that becomes their entire focus. And I know that that can affect us as well. And then Jesus tells these two parables, which I think at first reading, it's, it's hard to connect them. Like, why do these two parables illustrate the lesson that they should be getting from this interaction. And it's a great question. It's a, it's a something to wrestle through. And I, I think the main notion here is both parables point out how something very small in God's hands can turn into something very big. And I think there was this notion uh, that people had, I think we still have this notion that if God is going to show up, it's going to be in a big way. It's going to be noticeable. It's going to be grand. And it's going to start big and just get bigger. But Jesus's point is like, no, actually, the kingdom of God shows up in ways that are so small that many people will not even notice. It's so small, like this little yeast that it goes into the dough, this tiny seed that gets planted in, into the ground. But the nature of it is in God's hand, those things uh, spread and multiply and, and enlarge uh, the things that they're interacting with. They change everything. Now, I think the immediate application is you know, Jesus is facing off against the power of these Pharisees and synagogue leaders and things like that. And he's going to be soon facing off against the Roman Empire uh, and, and the chief priest and all of that. And it's going to look like those things are big and Jesus is very small. And, you know, how can Jesus change the world and bring the kingdom of God if he's it's just this one human being who also is God, but this one person with these, you know, this small band of disciples, how can something so small change the world? But in God's hands, that little band of people literally would change the face of the world, would change history. I think the, the, then the application for us is that, you know, God is looking for, for faithfulness and the kingdom of God may show up in very small things. We may not even think that they're significant, but any act of faithfulness in following Christ, I think just like the, the the yeast, just like the, the mustard seed, any act of faithfulness in following Christ, Christ in God's hands, that can be multiplied and grown in ways that we can't imagine. So we don't want to judge things by the standards of this world, by who has power, or who, who has a voice in a particular situation, like a synagogue leader or, or a Roman governor or whatever it might be. But instead, we want to be focused on being faithful to God in ways that God over time will Leave it in God's hands about how far this spreads and how much it does and how much it does and even in our own lives. Uh, Chris, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage and especially how you've experienced this, this kingdom principle of small things being in God's hands being turned into big things. Well, yeah, well, I love the way you highlighted it just in this text. And it's it's actually interesting even in that uh, as as much as there's sort of this indignant response from the religious leaders, it's in the text that the people almost sort of disregard that thing that's going on between Jesus and the, and the leaders. And they, it just says that they begin to rejoice in what Jesus is doing. So the word is already out that God is working through Christ in a, in a miraculous way. You know, Jesus is taking the time to do something um, that with all the leaders there would be totally okay if he didn't do it. 
They're like, come on, the, come on the day when you're supposed to be healed. It's don't do it today. And I think that is something that I, as you ask me, like, how do I feel about it? Well, I can really justify not doing things that are kingdom minded um, because it's like, it, no one, I'm totally justified. No one would hold it against me if I didn't do this. Like, I don't, I don't have, you know, like, I, I don't feel like I have time to do something that I really should do. And um, the first thing that came to mind today as we read this text just now is like the, the, just this Sunday, uh, there was a young man from our church who I knew I had hurt his feelings uh, a few weeks ago, well, many weeks ago. But and I was like, I need to pause and just say, hey, I, I, I didn't realize that he was on for, for a particular task. And, and I said, I thought he was sort of just in the way, but he was actually supposed to be where he was supposed to be. And I was like, hey, I messed up and I didn't want you to feel like you weren't valuable to our team. And he was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And I was like, no, it's not fine. I don't want you to feel like I don't value you. And you're just a remarkable piece of this this community and 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 just to see his face and his dad's face as I went up to make that time. Now it was in the middle of the chaos of Sunday morning, and I could have easily been justified and just saying I'm too busy to do this. But I was like, no, I have to pause. And that is an act of healing, right? That is an act of of restoring relationship and not letting that division exist between us. Um, but then even through this day, I, I heard from another high rocker in my passing today uh, that someone provided childcare for them so they could go out on a desperately needed date night together as a couple. And I was like, what a small little act, but so just kingdom minded and so wonderfully giving. Um, to, to the, another story was like somebody sat with, with someone else who uh, just needed time to lament um, the struggles of parenting. And, and I, you know, it's the struggle of, of marriage and, and struggles that they're having in their marriage and, or to sit and listen to folks that are struggling with issues at work and employment and scary things that are going on there. Just these little acts of, you'd be justified just to move on and do other things and be busy. Um, but all of us have that available to us and uh, to make that space. And it does care for the world. It does create... Uh, even as we talked yesterday, it makes a shady place under the, you know, under the tree, a place under the vine for, for rest and healing. It really shows, too, that the church is an outpost uh, of the kingdom of God and where we see this kind of work happening. And so I get excited about that when people realize, like, it's these small acts of kindness, you know, that we that we do that really reveal the kingdom of God and people see it all around us. Um, and, and they realize, wow, this is a place where one, either I'm cared for or they hear about it. Well, this is where God is really at work. And these people um, that are visiting those in the hospital, they're visiting the shut-in, they're, you know, they're reading scripture uh, to those who, who can't make it to church. They're providing childcare or meals uh, for, uh, for folks uh, that just had surgery. You know, I know that's happening today in our church. Uh, to care for families where where someone's had a significant surgery and just needs that extra bit of help. Um, so that's what I see in this text, that small mustard seed of faith that turns into these great, huge things. Um, you know, it's you could say that about High Rock in general. It's a small Bible study that was the small act of faith that then turned into this gigantic uh, yeah, dinner party that a dinner party that got out of control. A dinner party that got out of control. And um 
you know, I would just say too, I, I, I was actually at a concert last night with some folks, not from High Rock, just from Arlington uh, that I was invited to. And one of them said, hey, I went in and got a coffee at that cafe at your church. And um, I was like, oh, you know, and, and they're not believers, you know, they, they, most of the people with me. And she said, I just, I met some wonderful people. It, it was, I had this great coffee. And, and she said, and I, and I heard about all the things that, you know, the mission of the cafe and, and how it's caring for people in our community. It's making a space for, for moms and for dads to come in and, and find a place to connect. And um, the people that we're hiring for those kids that need real world experience that wouldn't normally get that. And, mm -hmm. and I was just sitting there delighted because they're talking about it in the midst of this concert with all these people standing around and listening to like the signs and wonders of what God is doing in our cafe, but even more so in the, in the body of Christ that's here in our church that has created this mission, that's created this work. And, and so that to me is like this text as well, that the word gets out in these little works, these small acts of faith, and, and who knows where that could go. Uh, it's out there. The word is out. And those people are drawn towards Christ through that. So that gets me pretty excited. Yeah, I, I agree. We should never, it, it's easy to do, but we should never underestimate the value and potential impact of small acts of kindness and service in the name of Christ. And even in this situation, you know, Jesus is serving this woman who most people in their community would disregard and, and, and think of as one of the last, the lost and the least. And yet that's who we're called in many ways to serve. So uh, in any case, Chris, I would love it if you would uh, close us in prayer and, and uh, that God would continually remind us of uh, the importance of these small acts of faithfulness. Well, sure. Join me in prayer. Great God, giver and sustainer of all that we are, we give you thanks for this text in which we have this moment to walk with Jesus. God, we also pray that we hear the word of challenge, that we would be co-laborers with you in this work of, of being the small acts of faithfulness and the ways we respond when we could easily walk by. God, hear this prayer, change our hearts, and uh, Lord, just lead us out that we might um, be a blessing to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Chris, thank you for joining us today uh, and filling in for Dave, who is uh, still sick at this point. And uh, if, for those of you who have been praying for him, please continue to do so. Uh, and uh, I hope you're able to join us tomorrow, uh, Friday, as we uh, finish up for the week and uh, turn our attention uh, to Sunday. So go in peace. Peace.